Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. So what is Amazon doing in the smart home? That's what we talk about the entire podcast. It's the all Amazon smart home speculation episode next. Hey everyone, welcome to the Smart Home Show. I'm excited to have Richard Gunther, the host of Home On and uh, one of my favorite smart home podcasters out there on the show today. We're going to talk about Amazon and the smart home. So uh, are you ready to talk, Richard? Absolutely. There's lots going on at Amazon. It's interesting to kind of observe and analyze what they're doing. Yeah, and you've almost had to connect dots because they haven't come out with like a, like an Apple, like here's our smart home platform. Here's HomeKit. This is the deal. It's been more a slow leaking of stuff over time. And for a while there was like nothing really forthrightly smart home is more just like maybe this echo will be a smart home device. Maybe not. Maybe the fire TV be an echo, uh, a smart home device. Maybe not. The only real thing they had before the last six months, I would say, was they came out with this home automation store, and that was maybe about a year and a half ago or two years ago now. Um, and that was really kind of their own, like, in-your-face smart home effort. It was, that was it. And that was a good start, obviously, because that's where they, that's, that's kind of where we all approach Amazon from buying stuff on their website. Yeah. And I think it's been good for the industry too. I mean, I think that for the most part, the online retailers for smart home technology have been largely the destination of hobbyists and enthusiasts and and geekier people and getting that kind of visibility for home automation tech in Amazon, I think was a big deal. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, the most obvious smart home URL is smarthome.com owned by the folks at Insteon. Um, And that you already go there, you can get, you know, lots of different products, but you know, that is a geeky store, if you will. It's I would, what I would, for what I would call early adopters, and clearly, they're trying to broaden their their uh, their appeal to more mainstream audiences as home home network or smart home becomes more mainstream. But when Amazon entered and say, "Hey, we're going to make this a, a category. We're going to have a home automation storefront," it was a big deal. And I think for startups, it's been great because it's you know those companies had been featured and and part of the home automation storefront on Amazon. They've done a lot of volume, at least for them. I don't think everything's a winner out of there, but I think some companies have done really well on that on that storefront. Yeah, now I do find it frustrating that they don't carry everything, but I know that, you know, it's just like any other retailer, not every device is in every store. The Skybell, the connector doorbell is a good example of a product that actually has done really, really well on there. Um, so it's like, that's a company that was a startup. Probably, I don't think it has distribution in a lot of physical retail, but when it's doing well on Amazon, that's kind of, uh, that, that's maybe good enough to get out of the gate. But, but yeah, like you said, it's a limited, exhaustive amount of products and names, but it is a limited one. They actually are establishing relationships and kind of picking and choosing, almost curating. I don't know if that's like too fine a word, but they're Mm -hmm. kind of curating a selection of devices and not just throwing everything on there. 
Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. When we were talking about physical piece of hardware from Amazon, a win, something was going to happen. I was first betting on the Fire TV, and I wrote up maybe one or two pieces for Forbes speculating about what Amazon's smart home approach could be. And I, I thought it would be the Fire TV. And I was largely right in the sense that, you know, my sources within Amazon told me that that was originally going to be much more smart home enabled. But ultimately, uh, Bezos and, and some of the higher ups pulled back on that. And what ultimately be, has become their smart home, I guess, most in your face device is the Amazon Echo. And I think everyone was surprised by the Amazon Echo when it came out because no one was really expecting this kind of out of left field connected speaker that they came out with. It's really hard to do nowadays to keep something so quiet and to come out and surprise everyone. That's really hard to do nowadays, and they did it with Echo. Well, and part of that was because they kept its capabilities very limited when it came out. So there were fewer third parties in the mix. It was Amazon products. It was definitions. It was the ability to pull up music from your Amazon music library. They didn't have Pandora. They didn't have access to really anything third-party when it first came out the door, if I'm remembering correctly. So it's easier to keep a lid on that. And then all that stuff rolled out afterward in kind of true Amazon fashion, right? Come up with something early and then iterate on it. Yeah, and it's also in Amazon fashion how they're actually putting it into people's hands. They're using Amazon Prime as the primary membership community to get people out. And so they're, they're, you know, much like Gmail was rolled out by, you had to know someone at Gmail and they can invite you. It's, it's basically Amazon isn't an invite, but it's basically, you have to be part of their paid community to get access to it. So a, for them, it's driving membership in, in Amazon prime, possibly it's, it's obviously adding another benefit to being a part of that club, but it's also limiting, uh, you know, the distribution. Cause I think that it seems like it would be popular. What's strange to me is actually, I didn't try to get it through any sort of like, okay, I'm an analyst or press. Give me an early, early version of that. I never even tried with that. So I just about a week or two after I ordered it through Amazon prime and I'm still on the waiting list. So what's strange to me is that, <laughs> that I'm not destined to get it to like July or August at this point. I'm having a hard time believing. There's that that much demand through Amazon Prime for this device. I'm still having a hard time believing. I know it's a great price. It's, what they did was to create demand, which I think was really smart, to offer at half price, $99. But what's strange to me is that it's still in such constrained demand. More so than even the Fire TV stick when it came out. I remember I ordered that. They did the same sort of thing, half price. I got it for $19. And for $19, of course, I'm going to buy it. Why wouldn't I buy it? And... It took about two months to get that. This has been much longer than that. That's a it's a long, long window. So I'm wondering why that is. But you going back to your point about keeping it quiet because they didn't do a ton of third party integration. I think you have a great point there. They have rolled that out though. They're starting to. I think it was about a month and a half ago. They opened up and say, "Hey, you can now write third party apps for the Amazon Echo." So that got me really excited. But what we could see there, people writing interesting apps, and then just this past week, the news came out that hey. By the way, this is really going to be a smart home control interface. We've integrated with Philips Hue. We've also integrated with Wemo. And as we talked about on your podcast, and by the way, I was going to, we're going to pitch that a couple times on the show. Everyone listen to, <laughs> Phil, uh, everyone listen, uh, to Richard and I talk on Home On because that'll be out in the next day or two. But, uh, as we talked about that, it's not with every device. Um, I think you said that, uh, I think it was CNET said that it works with the LED bulbs, the, the Wemo LED bulbs, but, you're not sure about that. So, but I think over time it will work with every Wemo device. 
Well, and what's interesting about this is that this is a smart home hub, if you will, without any special radios in it. This is just using IP to communicate with other IP devices. So it can discover the things that you have in your home that already know how to speak IP. And there are quite a lot of those. Yeah, I think all the big guys um, that are new to the space that are getting in um, are not going to go down the ZBE or Z-Wave route in terms of like putting those radios in. I mean, you could consider uh, Nest an exception with, I guess, their own standard, very kind of Google-ish to kind of jump on and create their own technology with Thread, which is, uh, you know, using 6LowPan and 802.15.4. But, you know, Amazon and Apple, I think, are betting big on Wi-Fi as kind of the primary air interface and also Bluetooth, but they're not going to go down, I think, these other radio paths because I think they just want to stick with the radios that are in their their products, which are their phones uh, and their tablets. And this is very similar to actually how the Harmony line started initially introducing access to Wi-Fi products and Bluetooth products because – it already had the technology in it. It could already communicate with these things. So, yeah, it's interesting to see this. I'm curious what other products they're going to be targeting. You know, I think that the obvious missing piece here, and usually one of the first things that a Wi-Fi-only controller tries to integrate with is Sonos. So I'm I'm a little bit surprised that they don't offer that. But on the other hand, I'm thinking, well, but Amazon Music. That'd be kind of weird, though, like, uh, I mean, they're coming out with their own speaker. I think Sonos probably sees them as competitive. And Sonos is actually pretty selective. I mean, Sonos is like the premium brand, I think, in connected entertainment in the home. I mean, I think it's an amazing story. I think over the past decade, I don't, don't, don't think there's been a better story in a new entrant into consumer electronics than Sonos. Because they were kind of the defining story around, they kind of showed everyone how to do it in connected products. And so it's not surprising that they would kind of hold off and, and not integrate with Amazon. Why would they want to add that type of value to the Amazon Amazon ecosystem? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. But they have an API of sorts now, and I don't know if you really need approval to be using it. So, But then what's Amazon's motivation? You're right in that I almost forgot about the fact that, oh, right, the Echo is a speaker. <laughs> Speaker-to-speaker integration. You know, I want to talk about just, you know, we, we saw the Echo be unveiled as like a, tr- I mean, it's okay. It's, it's officially been crowned as a home automation interface, but this was basically brought out at the same time as there's a couple other big things coming out of from Amazon that if you connect all these dots, it's really, really interesting. One dots of these dashes. Yeah. One of these is Amazon home services. So Amazon home services, um, was announced and basically this was this idea of we are going to be a marketplace for services that are local. It's for services that are directed at your home. Things like electricians, plumbers, uh, installers, people who are uh, you know paid to do things we oftentimes can't do in our own home. And I've been writing for a while that I felt like the big lie in home automation, DIY home automation, is the DIY part because a lot of people aren't ready to install stuff aren't ready to do electrical wiring. This is a fairly, you know, I think this is a big deal. One of the things that I thought was interesting is if I go and buy like a, an Insteon or a Wemos light switch and 
you can actually then see them pairing something like an install with it. You, you can actually buy an install by the unit. So you can install a thermostat. You can install an thermostat, and that is a, a $99 or something like that buy on Amazon Home Services. So imagine you them pairing that as like a product, an installation with actual physical hardware, and then putting that into your basket. That's going to be really interesting. Customers who bought this usually also bought this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, I think it is I think it makes a lot of sense, you know, and the the really interesting thing there is that if you go looking through the services that they're offering, there isn't much there that is explicitly geared toward home automation or home integration, but as you've mentioned in one of your shows in the past, there's a lot like the thermostat example or like the light switch example that could be interpreted as or could certainly evolve into more of a smart home product installation. And maybe that becomes a category at some point in time. Yeah, and I'm wondering how far up the, I guess, the the installation value chain they're going to go, right? I mean, if we are friends over at Home Tech FM, um, they do really, you know, higher end installation. They're going, you know, they're talking about CDA channel type of products. Could could we ever imagine like buying a thousand dollar thousand dollar package of hardware and a thousand dollar or two thousand dollar installation of like a higher end system? I'm just speculating, but you know maybe at some point they move up that value chain a little bit. I think that that's possible, but I also think that, and I'm speculating here a little bit because I don't know the specifics here, but I suspect that the dealer and integrator space is going to be a little bit tight with wanting to expose general consumers to products that are typically through a dealer channel. So if, if for example, you have something like a high-end Crestron, and I'm not talking about the thing that you can then also install your, in, yourself and, and manage yourself, but the full-blown system I don't think something like that, that you have to get through a dealer, they're going to want to see on an Amazon page. I just don't see that happening. I think you're probably right, but maybe maybe it's someone like Control 4 or one of these guys says, hey, I want to create a product that's approachable. It's a little more middle market. Um, maybe it's a little more rec- replicable and ties into like uh, maybe kind of a more junior type of installer. I don't know. I, I think you're right Like on Crestron and Savant. I mean, I have a hard time seeing that, but maybe there is like a, a new channel that opens up. And we talked to, and I'm talking to Branton on the Smart Home Show. We talked to Branton, and you talked to him at South by Southwest. He's this really interesting guy who does DIY Smart Home. But why couldn't he sell his services on, on Amazon? It's like, a, I'm going to help you install an entire Wemo home. So like maybe he has a Wemo installer package of like five sensors, a couple light switches, et cetera. And, you know, that's for 500 bucks. I mean, I just think it's interesting to speculate about. Yeah, I think it is. I think that there is opportunity there. It's funny you mentioned Branton because we're also going to be talking with him in an upcoming episode. Uh, really, really interesting model there where, you know, as an independent, he's basically doing the kind of thing that we're talking about, helping DIYers be uh, able to do things that they otherwise maybe not able to do on their own. You know, there's another thing I want to talk about, and it was interesting when we were preparing for your show. I suggested we talk about the dash button 
Uh, and and you said you don't necessarily identify that with smart home, and I, I I understand that point of view, but I think it's for Amazon that's what it's all about. I think this whole idea of integrating with this intelligent home and implement and pushing Internet of Things into the home, you know, a lot of it's going to be about pushing that button. And so for those of you who aren't familiar with it, you know, they they you know they had the Amazon Dash announced a year or two ago. It was this thing that allows you to kind of order things. Uh, you can be at the store. You can be at your home and say, hey, I want more Tide detergent. And then you can even integrate toward reorders. Um, and they, I'm on the wait list for that. I would love to get that. Yeah. And then they came out the dash button, which was a single button that's tied to a specific product. At the same time that wasn't talked about as much, they basically unveiled dash replenishment, service, replenishment services. And you have companies like Wink integrating their, their connected coffee filters with dash replenishment. Replenish, you know, I can't say replenishment, I think. I'm, I'm missing a word. I'm missing a <laughs> syllable, Richard. Help me here. But, but, uh, replenishment services. So I think that's a really interesting thing. I think it's a big part of their connected home story. And I understand where you're coming from. It's not traditional home automation, but it's really an interesting part of the Amazon story. Yeah. I think that's a fair assessment. I look at this and I say, that is clearly an Internet of Things thing. Like, there's no doubt about that, that these are infrastructure pieces and end user pieces that are going to become a part of the internet of things shortly. But I'm just not convinced that I see that yet as smart home. Now the replenishment services, when they get built into devices specifically, yeah, maybe that makes it a little bit more likely to become a part of your typical smart home. But it's it's hard for me to make that leap right now. I know that Seth and Jason debated this a little bit on Home Tech FM, and I think I'm kind of in the Seth camp on that, where I see the services ultimately as the thing that would bring this to be something that I'd see as a smart home technology. I mean, I don't see necessarily any difference between, okay, there's a security component to smart home now. If I have like modern sensors that make me more secure that notify a service provider and make me safer, um, I'm bringing comfort to myself by having, you know, it's, it's bringing ease and comfort to my life by auto replenishing things or, or, you know, me having to actually go and order stuff through my browser. It's just, it's all about increased convenience and increased convenience could be, okay, I'm notified that my, my my garage door is still up and it's going to close or increase convenience could be okay amazon sending me stuff without me having to order it i don't see necessarily any difference now it's abstracting it to a button maybe that's the issue it's like just a single button it's not like very complicated but i still think it's part of this broader smart home. it's just a new part of it. it's the commerce conversation we're having now instead of like the like okay um turning my lights on and off but um i, I think it's part of the smart home maybe not automation but definitely part of the smart home and i don't get me wrong. I definitely want this. I want a dash button right on my dryer, <laughs> right on my washer. I want the softener button. I want the the detergent button. And I want the dryer sheet button. Absolutely. There's no doubt that I'm going to get those. But um, yeah, I, I want to see where it goes. And I want to see how they extend that. I have a hard time understanding how the 
kind of singleton button that they have, how, how you scale that right now they have maybe two or 300 products and each button can be earmarked for a specific product. How do you scale that store and still sell individual buttons? I just think the business model conversation is just a fascinating one. If you're, if you're someone like me, you make detergent or you make, you know, a renewable, um, something that needs to be ordered consistently. You know, Amazon was interesting to me in that they, they created the subscriptions. Like I noticed I could subscribe to protein bars. Like I thought that was okay. An amazing idea. Yep. I get this type of mountain bar yep. or whatever and I can create a subscription. They'll just send it to me every, you know, month because I know I'm using it at that level. So now they're moving to the point where you can subscribe and kind of auto replenish because the machines are telling you to do that. So now is there a conversation going on between, uh, Procter and Gamble and, and LG and Amazon and what the split of that is going to be? Like, that's just fascinating to me. And you know, there's these conversations that are happening and it's a completely new model. It's exactly what the dash replenishment service now I'm tripping over it is all about, right? The device allows you to press a button to say, I need this thing. Or maybe the device automatically knows, all right, well, I've made 12 cups of coffee. There's four left, and then they're going to need another box of K-cups. And I think that that's the model they're going for. So those conversations, they're definitely happening. And you can tell from the brands that are in the store that, you know, Procter Procter and Gamble, good example, right? That very specific companies are kind of partnered into this right now. And so it'll also be interesting to see if up in any way limiting the utility of this, right? Does, Does the fact that they're making arrangements with specific companies mean, like with Pampers, that I can only get very specific brands of razor blades or very specific brands of K-cups, which today is true. You can only get, um, I don't even remember what the brand is, but it's it's like your garden variety that, that I don't know that anyone even buys for a K-cup maker. <laughs> so. so my big question uh, is what's next for Amazon? Do they bring it all together? Um, is there a, kind of a unifying strategy um, like kind of a home kit type of effort from them? Or is it going to be these disparate pieces that come together over time and, and, and at some point you see the big picture? What, what do you think is next for them, Richard? I, you know, I used this example before and it wasn't by accident. I really think of what they're offering right now as this way that I look at Harmony. Harmony is a known brand and commodity in many, many homes. People already use these Harmony products and they've come up with a way of extending what they offer to consumers to make it easier to use and potentially purchase third-party smart devices. They're not necessarily creating them, but they're creating a channel for them and a way of using them around your house. And I think that's very much what Amazon is trying very intentfully doing here. I think what they're doing is they're trying to expand the market for smart devices because, hey, guess what? They sell them. And they're trying to expand the market for commodities through smart devices like the dash buttons. And I 
Yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of opportunity for this. What I don't think, and what I certainly hope they're not trying to do, is come up with some Amazon ecosystem of their own. I'm hoping that they're not going to try and do something like where they're creating uh, a, a new hub or a new ecosystem of products. I think that their play is really to give you the tools to better use smart products around your home that they can sell to you. I think you're right. And I think they're smart not to come out with a hub. I mean, I think they're, they're at some level trying to probably want to have a control layer that, and I think that echoes that play. Um, and then the, from that, they can gather data and kind of have some level of understanding and intelligence about what people are doing. But I think they're, they're being smart about this. The, I think Amazon's um, dash replenishment services like is super brilliant. I think home services is brilliant. Um, so you can kind of see it all coming together. Um, I just, you just wonder how cohesive it's going to be over time, but I think where they're coming at it and the angle they're coming at it from is very Amazonian. It's really pretty smart. And I, I would echo <laughs> your part. I echo your part. Don't, don't just do another hub. I don't think they're going to do that. So, well, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for kind of getting on the podcast and talking to me and, and kind of, uh, whiteboarding where Amazon could go with this. Cause I think they're the biggest mystery of all. Other than maybe Microsoft, maybe that's the next next episode. We should have a Microsoft speculation episode. But uh, this has been fun talking about Amazon. It has indeed. And I would love to have that Microsoft talk with you sometime. I feel like I should know more about that than I do. But they really are a mystery now. So, yeah, let's let's plan that. We'll We'll set a date. Well, Richard, where can people find your podcast? So I have a show called Home On. I suspect we probably have a fair number of audience members in common. But my show is focused specifically toward enthusiasts and DIYers who are into trying new technology and want to find out what's going on in the space. And you can find us at the digitalmediazone.com or on iTunes. Just search for me, Richard Gunther, or search for Home On. And where can people find you on social media? I am uh, I, I'm all over the place, but primarily on Twitter through a bunch of accounts that I aggregate just under my name, just at Richard Gunther. Great. Everyone go give a shout out to Richard, listen to his show, and uh, we'll have him back for the Microsoft speculation episode. We'll do that in like a month maybe. How's that? <laughs> Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Mike. Well, thank you, Richard, for joining me. Thank you, listeners, for listening. Richard told you where to find his podcast. If you want to find more Smart Home Shows, just go to technology.fm. You can also find Home On there as well. They're a member of the technology.fm network. As always, I'm interested in hearing from you, the listener. Email me at thesmarthomeshow at gmail.com. Reach out to me on Twitter at Michael Wolf. And let's have a conversation, suggest guests, and tell me what you thought of this episode. All right, folks, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.